This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This says Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Now, I, I could introduce you by your real name, but let's just go with Lionel. No. <laughs> may, may, may I ask you a question? Sure. If you introduced, if you met Sting, mm. would you say his name is Gordon Sumner? You would say, who? Gordon Sumner? What's well, your real name, isn't it? Um, I'm here with George Orwell. I've exhumed him, but we're gonna. But your name is Eric Blair. Why wouldn't? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know Ringo Starr, Richard Starkey. People have this thing about real names. I, not not that I'm trying to hide anything. Versus, is your germ? Were you born germ? Of course. Did your parents not. name you germ. <laughs> I, I pretty much figured that. And Elton by the John. Way, Elton well, John also. Yeah. His real name is terrible. Reg Dwight. Did you ever see the, oh, what is his name? Who does Bean? Um, um, Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Did you ever see Rowan Atkinson when he inter inter interviews that him? He says, one of the best ever. Very funny. Elton don't, Joel. don't you miss comedy like that? I'm, I'm glad you're, you're saying this. I just did a show this past weekend in New York. At a the fabled and storied cutting room. Everybody's played there. And I did an hour and a half. And I, I, I don't know what to call it. It was, wasn't stand-up comedy, but they were riveted. And I just went through everything. And, it, and, it, and they loved it. And I thought to myself, are, are these people frightened? Because they're mm. looking at me like this. And it was not comedy, but it was entertaining because it was true. Laughing sometimes distorts reality. Sometimes laughing is a wonderful affirmation because if you see things through an absurdist lens, it you can explain things better. I'm a former prosecutor. I have had juries laughing. If I want to show some so show the the lunacy of a defendant's claim, I can look at them like this and they'll laugh. Not because laughing means trivial, it means a higher order of understanding. I understand the absurd notion of it. Laughter is the greatest. Uh, uh, thing, if done correctly, if if I could, mm. uh, I would like to tell you a brief, brief story Please do. of my journey. Yes, yes. Okay. I started in my first foray into radio was 1988, probably before you were even born. This was at the height, or the height, as people say, of when Rush Limbaugh came, when political talk radio was, I mean, it was huge. And I backed into it. I was a caller. And I, next thing you know, they said, would you like to do a weekend show? So I just backed into this. Never was liberal, never conservative, uh, political atheist. I just looked at things for what they were. Make a long story short, after... 9-11, I was in New York on that Tuesday. My world changed. Red pill moment, whatever you want to call it. And I'll never forget one time, believe me, there's a, there's a reason for this story. 
as it just started. And I was working out the working parts of building one North Tower, South Tower, building seven, this and that. I didn't know. I was just still coughing with the smoke and being a, a freaked out New Yorker. Somebody said, would, would you look at, at uh, this Flight 93? I said, I, I don't know which one's Flight 93. So I'm looking and I'm looking at the Google Maps and the pictures. And I said, what am I looking for? It goes, Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I'm looking for this. I said, I think I've got it. I said, where's the plane? This is my question. This was on the air, on radio. I said, where's the plane? Stupid me, because I'm looking. It was a plane crash. Stupid me, germ. I'm looking for a plane. And the caller said, what are you getting at? I said, what do you mean, what am I getting at? He said, what are you getting at? I said, I'm not getting anything. He said, where's the plane? And that's when, boom, the moment. I said, wait a minute. I've never been told in my life, what are you getting at? What are you, what are you mm. suggesting? I said, it's the most obvious question in the world. What do you mean? And that's when the conspiracy theory started. I had no idea. I said, what are these people talking about? I'm a lawyer. I was a prosecutor. All we did was figure out, like, wait a minute. Where was that guy? He's, does he have an alibi? Did he know that woman? Did he know that kid? All we did was put together. There are people we put together and put in, in jails for conspiracies. Okay, cut to the chase. All of a sudden, I heard about this group called Bilderberg. Since 1954, they meet. Jim Tucker did some wonderful things. Alex Jones did wonderful work, wonderful. I thought to myself, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Germ, what if, what if, is it Germ or Mr. Germ? Just kidding. What if? <laughs> By the way, my, my pronouns are thou. Anyway, so... Did you ever think you'd ever ask somebody what their pronouns were? Did you no. ever think? No. It's like, this is a joke, right? You're kidding. <laughs> Come on, this is a joke. You're all doing this for me. You know, you're, you're, you're doing this for me. You know, that that's a man. What? What? Anyway, I, I don't understand. I woke up one day and it's is all a joke just just to to drive me crazy. So anyway, so as this was started, I heard about this this group since 1954. Now you're I don't know if you're you must be into that that their soccer, that football. Imagine if FIFA or whoever whatever the met every year secretly since 1954, went into a hotel, went into a, just all over the world, knocked all of the visitors out, brought in their own security, and people said, wait a minute, what's going on here? or heads of Hollywood movie uh, you know, studios or whatever, bullfighters, anybody, every year since 1954. And you said, what are you doing? What do you mean, what are we doing? What are you meeting for? We're not meeting. Yes, you are. I can see you. There's Queen, you know, Holland and then, and then Henry Kissinger. This is a conspiracy theory. There you go again. And you know what conspiracy theory means? Correct. Means you're right. You never have anybody accused of being a conspiracy theorist talking about Elvis or Bigfoot. Nobody cares about that. It's only when you're right. You only take flack when you're over the target. Then they come after you. So I said, wait a minute. You mean to tell me nobody's interested? No. 
You've been meeting every year for since 1954, and nobody. There's a thing we have this this joke of a statute called the Logan Act, where private citizens cannot be contracting with members, with with foreign governments, and every year. Are you brewing this Bilderberg again? You're 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 crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. I said, what are you people talking about? They're meeting, and then Germ one day, <laughs> they have a website. Okay. You were right. No apologies. I'm still waiting. The phone ring. Is it for me? Is it the apology? No, nobody. They said I was crazy. I I, I worked at TV state. I, I worked on radios and said, what are you talking about? I said, how can you not wonder why leaders of the free world, entertainment, military, the elites are meeting secretly denying it, and they're right there. Now, if you don't think that's newsworthy, I don't know what, and then they say, yeah, we're meeting. Throw in Davos. By the way, throw in the Mont Pelerin Society for the uh, libertarian economists, the Mises people, uh, throw in G7. And then we have World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. We've got World Health Organization. We've got the UN. We've got iterations of the UN. We have more little cabals and subconsortia and groups of people. These NGOs that we call non-governmental organizations. We have the Clinton Foundation, the this foundation. Rockefeller. It's so much. Pardon me. Rockefeller. Rockefeller, Ford, Trilateral. Mm. Oh, mm. oh, you're not bringing that up again, are you? Ready for this? The CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations. They told mm. me you're out of your mind. That, would would you quit CFR? They're on like Fifth Avenue. They're they're right there. I said, what do you mean? And maybe it's me. I can bring up gravity, and people will not believe me. There he goes again. I just have this face that whenever I bring something up, people. Do, my favorite. Can I tell you my favorite? I I'm, I'm sure it's where you are. I will talk to friends of mine and say, come here, I want to show you something. Look up as they see this. You see these streaks across the sky? What do you think that is? Oh, that's uh, that's from an airplane. Okay, we're on to something. Well, what is it? It's um, condens condensation. You think that's water vapor? That's water vapor. What are all these planes crisscrossing? Where is this traffic? So it's another th it's another thing that I that I point out that to me is so obvious. And no matter what I read, uh, they admit it's called geoengineering. Solar radiation management, it's there. Just look it up. And friends of mine say, You're, this is a conspiracy theory. I'm saying, look, don't read, just look. So 9-11, where's the plane? Uh, Bilderberg, where are they meeting? Uh, geoengineering. Everything I ask, people say, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. Why, why are you pointing this thing, these things out called the obvious? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to stop, but that's the only thing I find fascinating. In fact, I don't want to talk about anything everybody else wants to talk about. I want to talk about things people deny. That's where the money is. Like Bilderberg. Like, like I call it the shadow government. The cryptocracy, a hidden shadow, police state, intel state, shadow government, ruling class, the people who pull the levers, the people who control things. And not anybody you see on television. Do you think Klaus Schwab controls anything? No. Who controls Klaus Schwab? 
He, they come and they go. George Soros was everybody's. George Soros did this. It's raining. It's George Soros. He did that. Now, who controls George Soros? It's nobody that you see because none of this makes any sense. I'm here in the U.S. Do you think George, Joe Biden makes any sense? Do you think, I mean, seriously, do you think that this is by design that, that people are saying, oh, this is exactly what I voted for? No, of course not. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hogging the conversation. <laughs> no, that's exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> I come from a, uh, 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 I was a big fan of professional wrestling as a kid and uh, later on in business and I knew a lot of, and there's a term called a work and a work is the, is the, is the image. I'm the Nazi, you're the soldier. We go out, I'm the, I'm the, 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 Baby face, you're the heel, you're the bad guy. I'm going to go out there. We're going to. Life is a work. We're putting things on. We have to. Politics, it's a con, it's an angle. It's called a work. Elon Musk is the biggest work of them all. Do you think Elon Musk is going to go against the most powerful people in the world? Do you think Elon Musk actually sat back and on his own said, space travel? I'm going to do that. Come on. <laughs> I I know about space travel. I know about rockets. You didn't know that, did you? Do you think that Mark Zuckerberg one day said, I got this idea. I'm going to put together this. Now, hear me out. This idea, I'm going to call it Facebook. And I don't know. Hear me out. We're just going to kind of chat and maybe it'll catch on. Bill, do you think that, um, uh, are you frozen again? Um, oh no, no, no. You scared me. By the way, always move. It's like I'm watching it's like I'm in a hospital waiting for my aunt to die. Did you move? Just move every now and then. Just blink or something. Do you really here's my story. I can't prove this at all. Mm. But I wouldn't be surprised if somebody says, Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna pick you people to be the face of Facebook, Twitter. Remember that Jack Dorsey? Where'd they get this guy? Uh, uh, Bill Gates. Now, your story is you all are dropouts. You're kind of weak, weird and wonky. And then miraculously, you come up with this thing and every door opens for you. Never antitrust lawsuits. Money that comes from just by virtue of your genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> Versus, okay, Bill, we want you to make this device. We want you to put this in everybody's home and make sure at the back of it, we can get in with every kind of virus because we want, this is, we want to take this device and put it in people's homes. In fact, if we could bring back Eric Blair from, you know, 1984, uh, George Orwell, he'd say, no, they don't come into our home. We buy the device and bring it home. And then you're just going to be the face of this. Same for you, for you, Facebook, and what you do this. Do you think, Germ, that Jeff Bezos, look at him. Do you think he came up with Amazon? A guy says, I'm going to sell books. And the next thing you know, he owns the world without any help, without any, come on. So, come on. <laughs> You try that. You um, try single-handedly owning everything. See what your government says. Why? Here's the question. Why? 
Why do we do this? Why is there a move all of a sudden to erase this notion called gender? Mm. Why all of a sudden gay rights is one thing. I'm a staunch uh, uh, proponent of all kinds of rights. When did the erasure of gender come in and who wants this overnight? Why, here's my question, why is Hollywood replete with more children of stars who all of a sudden are unsatisfied or confused with their gender? Statistically, to have any group of people, for example, did you know that 78% of all Major League Baseball pitchers, their family members are transgender. Wow! How did that happen? Where did this overabundance of this one... Why? I don't know any of this. I don't have any explanation. I just have questions. Mm. I don't I don't know. Uh, and what I do is I don't say... Well, the reason is this. I don't know. I just point out the question. Why are people spraying things ostensibly in the sky? Why are people meeting? Why must they meet? Why must Bilderberg meet? Do you mean to tell me they have to physically meet in one place? The mafia doesn't do that. Here in, there, in our country, in Appalachian in 1957, it brought down the whole organized crime because these idiots met why must why must Henry Kissinger and whoever Klaus Schwab meet in a resort? I don't understand it. So that goes to perhaps the argument that it really isn't what you think, because if it really was a cabal, they wouldn't be meeting like that. So I don't know. I can't answer these what? questions. I just I just point them out. How influential is the Bilderberg Group? It's not the group, it's what they represent. Extremely. Now, we've heard stories. Remember the great Jim Tucker, and I don't know whether this, the stories were terrific, that he would find some sleuth, some, um, somebody who worked in the kitchen, who said, I found this list at a fax machine, and, and he sends it to... Jim Tucker and he meets with Alex Jones and they say, look, look who's here. I thought that that's kind of interesting. It's a little sloppy, but but it's not the group itself. But we always heard that the Euro was hatched in one of these. Remember the great story of Chantilly, Virginia, when all of President Obama's or then nominee Obama's, the story was that all of the reporters were on a plane. They said, just a minute. We're running a little late. Supposedly they they, they ferried off uh, President or then nominee Obama or candidate to, to meet with Bilderberg and then come back. I'm thinking, this, this is preposterous. Why, Cl why uh, Hillary Clinton as well, I think. Eh? Hillary Clinton. Um, remember, who was it? Um, Rick Perry, the governor mm. of Texas and others. And by the way, a lot of now they, they list specifically who, who attends. But it's not. It, 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 it's not the Bilderberg group. It's the fact that people meet constantly and have met since the beginning of time to organize, to meet behind the scenes. 
Let me ask you this question. Would you want to be in government today? Would you want to be the president of, well, of the United States or South Africa? No, I want to be bigger. I want to be bigger. That's the, that's the front man. What is he going to do? Nothing. Obama's not the richest man in the world. What can he do? Ruins his life. I want to be the person you've never heard of before. I want to be one of just one little cog in the wheel. I'll bet you Henry Kissinger probably has more power than any of these folks. And if you really want to know who has power in the world, look at people with the ultimate and the highest top secret clearances, depending upon the country. There are people who might be of a group of four people in the world who know about things that nobody else knows. I know you don't want to go there, but let's talk about a really group. Let's talk about the people who are familiar with. Now, hang on now, Germ. Don't, I don't want to get you scared now. But let's talk about extraterrestrial, extra interstellar travel. This is the this is the most coveted secret of them all. This is what you'll never hear about. Bilderberg is it anything in the open? The fact that we're talking about it, eh? Davos G7, eh? What does that mean? There, there they are. They're all waving. Other groups of people, I think, are far more interesting. If I told you anything religious that I believe in, you'd say, "Oh, okay, absolutely." See, I believe in the virtual transmutation of this, this and God and the voice through the Apostle John. And you'll say, okay, you won't think I'm crazy. You won't have me arrested. But if I talk about something that thousands and thousands of people have been talking about since the beginning of time, in every conceivable form of evidence you want, Photographs, movies, radar, what would you like? Astronauts, pilots, some of the creme de la creme saying, I saw this. Then they think, oh, it's kind of crazy. But if it's religious, no questions asked. Oh, of course, you believe in that form. And David Icke, I think, I'm, I'm not that familiar with everything he said, but I certainly respect the crowds he draws. If he's crazy, there's a lot of crazy people who, who are perhaps crazier than he is. I mean, let me ask you something. Do you know if I told you if before there was a radio itself, you would have had no understanding of radio waves. You would have thought, I'm making mm. this is nuts. Before a microscope, if I said, let me show you something. I love what people say. These, here in our country, it's always some poor redneck in the middle. And I walked outside and there's a, a flying saucer, and I was anally probed. It's like, okay, nobody's got the poor guy with the bib overall on the head. <laughs> and he always describes the critter, you know, with the almond eyes. It's the same picture. Let me show you a protozoan. Let me show you what a caterpillar looks like up close. Let, let me show you what a moth, just a moth. And you mean to tell me you think that this is beyond the realm of possibilities, that that's in the world, in the universe? Now, I don't have to tell you how insignificant this is in the universe. I don't have to tell you this. 150 billion stars, 150 galaxies, 150 billion. Blah, 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 blah. The, the, the numbers don't, don't even make any sense. Okay. Now, religion would have you believe that God focuses here. This is it. Out of everything. And what if, what if 
Jesus, God, whatever. And, and I'm not trying to make a, a mockery because I, I respect people of faith and I res, I'm not trying to mock it. But what if Jesus said, oh, yes, there are other people. And guess what? They don't have original sin. You do. You have to seek permission and redemption and forgiveness for your original sin, the whole mark of Adam or whatever, the stain. They don't. Do you know what this would do to a Joel Osteen or one of these television evangelicals if there were people, perhaps thousands, millions of life forms that are not in any way out of uh, favor with God, who didn't have to. I, I mean, he throws everything into kilter. God came and uh, basically sacrificed his son for just this, nobody else. I mean, the implicate, nobody wants to go there. Nobody's even thought about what that means. Imagine, and what I love about Lazar, imagine electro or uh, kind of electrogravitic propulsion, not by combustion, but by gravity. You're falling, a divot, a dimple in space-time, in the fabric that you're falling down. You don't travel in your own inertial bubble where you can make a right turn because you're, you have recreated the, the physics. You're in a craft. In fact, there was a fellow named Philip Corso who describes, I don't know how legit, but I, but I love the idea. You're wearing a, a suit. You have a, a band around your head. You put your hands in this device. And through your thoughts, you become almost like a transistor. You are one in the craft. You are the integrated circuit. You're telling it, you're, you're doing things that nobody, what about this? Imagine you're at a long table, kind of like a Putin, you know, those desks he meets with Macron. I said the coop. Anyway, they're at the end of the uh, table. Imagine we have a long tablecloth and you're by yourself and there's salt and you want the salt. You can get up and get it, or you could crinkle and pull the tablecloth and bring it close to you by contracting it. What if you could do that with space? What if what if you could sit with people and say, let me tell you about the rules of physics. You haven't even touched this. The, the Our world, this is about 4.5 billion years old, something like this, 4,500 million years. What if there was a planet that was 4,501 million years. And from 1903 or five, or whatever, from Kitty Hawk, the Wright brothers, to 1969, the moon landing. Don't bring up any Kubrick. I know what you're thinking. So that's 66 years, right? 66 years. Imagine if, if somebody else had a million years on this. I mean, the, the, this is, this causes me awe. Kids will say, that's awesome. No, 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 no. Awe is looking at God. Awe is looking at something where your mouth drops. You can't even get your, that is the most fascinating. Everything else, Bilderberg, no offense. Ugh. This is interesting. This is beyond interesting. Just what if I could talk to you telepathically? There's no reason. You know one of the reasons why they always have no mouth? You see these, these critters and all this? There's no need to talk. Talking? They speak telepathically. Why would I want to talk? Just think, no accents. I can't tell you, you don't have a South African, South African. I, I, I can't hear it. We, we don't talk. 
What if we're not eating? What if I use my body as photosynthesis for energy production? What if I'm what if what if everything that you know, what if we are the the coelacanth? We're like a protozoan compared to this. That is the most fascinating. And nobody will let you talk about it. Yeah, that because is interesting. You are told you're crazy. Mm. Try going on any TV show. Uh -uh. You could talk about anything but that. But isn't it because it just is so far out of the realm of the Overton window? No. No. It is because the people, okay, get ready for this now. The people that control everything. The first thing we're going to do, if you and I control the world, we're going to control conversation. We're going to control the media. I'm going to control what you hear and what you don't hear. And I don't want anybody knowing that I have the secret to this. What if I could fly without using jet fuel? Do you know what would happen if I make jet fuel? I can say, hey, Germ, I don't know what you're doing. I've got this device. Watch it. Where do you want to be? What if I could say, I'm going to show you some things. Here's my, all of a sudden, this pulls out. What is it? It's an orb. What is it? Eh, it doesn't really matter. Think of these things as somewhere the mothership, somewhere it's like an aircraft carrier. These things just come in. Now watch this. Keep an eye on this. All of a sudden, it disappears, and then there's two of them, and then there's three, and then there's none. Pretty cool, huh? You say, how did you do that? Oh, we can do a lot of things. Where are you from? What do you mean, where am I from? I'm from here. I'm in another another dimension. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> You're in another, I'm in another dimension. I'm in a parallel universe. I'm not from anywhere. What do you mean from? We always think that they live someplace. There's this planet like Zeta Reticuli, binary star system, 30, uh, 30 light years away. Not bad. Don't forget, faster you speed of light, it could take a minute, could be 500 years. All these things. And of course, when we have people in our world and society who know nothing about science, nothing about physics, nothing about anything, all of this seems kind of, they think of the Jetsons and, you know, uh, Spielberg and that sort of thing. It is the most fascinating thing. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Let's assume I'm one of these critters. And I say, Jeremy, you're not going to believe this. I got one of these guys. Now, I'm going to bring him into the room. But the first thing you're going to know is he's going to be talking to you. And you're going to know it. You've never seen this before. But he's going to be talking to you telepathically. It'll freak you out. You've never had this happen. I'm just warning you. All of a sudden, now we're talking. And the first question he asks is, why do you kill each other? We don't do that. Please explain that to me. Even your animals don't kill each other. Why do humans kill each other? Explain this Russia-Ukraine thing to me. I don't understand this. What's the beef? Why is this? You're, the, the Ukrainians are Russians. They speak this. They're right there. The, you mean to tell me they will kill other people at somebody else's order? Why do you do that? Why do you rape children? Why do you rape anybody? Why do you kill people? We don't have mm -hmm. serial killers. What's the matter with you? You don't even know how to eat. Why are you all so fat? Why are you dying of diseases you know will kill you? What is the matter with you? <laughs> what, what would you say? We have been at war since the beginning 
We have been killing each other. You want to talk about really some heavy, I don't know. What would the Pope say? What would what would uh, Frank say? The Pope, Bergoglio, what would he say? It makes us reevaluate everything. Wouldn't you love to say, show somebody from some other dimension, hey, look at this. This is called Skype. I'm in New York City. You're in Cape Town. It looks at you like, wow. I'm going to show you. Okay, uh, Mr. Gray, impress me. Okay, watch this. Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love for me to say, I'm going to pick you up in a car. Don't tell anybody where you're going. I got Bob Lazar. You ever seen one of these things fly? Your life will change. You will never Imagine seeing something, um, remember the Phoenix Lights? We had them in Phoenix. The governor of Arizona, Fife Symington, he said it was a mile wide, 5,280 feet at least. Hover over Phoenix. Thousands of people saw this. People didn't know what to do. Rendlesham Forest, 1980, Phoenix Lights. Uh, Kenneth Arnold, who saw them and who, who coined the term mistakenly, flying saucer. How much do you want to know? Yet people, no respect, will believe the Sermon on the Mount? Great. I'm not, they'll, they won't even question that. You've got a thousand people who saw this. If you saw that one time, here's the biggest thing, and, and I hope I'm not going too far. I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but. No, no, no please go. <laughs> you, I'm, see I'm all these little, you see all these little divisions here? See, this is my side. This is the United States. <laughs> this is my side of the globe. Real complicated. This is yours. This is all this. All these little squares and colors, different languages, different currencies, different, different everything. You're a South African. Look what your country went. Look at Africa. We are Afrocentric. Australopithecus afarensis. We started there. And all this. And what if all of a sudden somebody said, wait a minute, look. Palestinians and Jews, Pakistanis and Hindus and looking at each other. What are we doing? We're earthlings. Look, what if we lose nationalism? Uh-oh. You don't think that's going to freak people out who run this? Who want a kind of a unipolar world? All of us getting along because we've seen some craft. We've had some enlightenment, some age of Aquarius or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. Where all of a sudden we think, oh my God, where we just drop to our knees because we, for the first time, we get rid of this hubristic silliness that we're the only people in the world that we're better. And we meet something walking around that looks like a frog that can outthink us and outfly us. It would be irreparably, existentially, transformationally, it would tra change everything. Maybe we wouldn't want to fight anymore. Maybe we would say, this is stupid. Maybe we wouldn't need religion. Maybe we wouldn't need politics. Maybe we wouldn't need a lot of stuff. What that would represent to everyone, transportation, oil, the mm -hmm. petrodollar, petrocracies, <clears throat> it would be transformational. Now do you know why they might want to keep that quiet? How much of Bob Lazar's story do you think is legit? Because it's absolutely freaking fascinating. I'll tell you what I like about him. The, forgive me, there's Bob Lazar and his friend, 
Jeremy Corbell. Yes, but no, but the uh, Las George Vegas, Knapp. George, George Knapp. Knapp. George mm. Knapp is legit. Yeah. Mr. Corbell, I don't know that much about. He's on uh, George. Um, George is on Coast to Coast, I think. Well, Art Bell was not with us. He was from another planet. Art Bell was the greatest. Tell me that was not the greatest. Wonderful. And uh, and uh, George Nury, I think, does a fine job. But, but let me go back to what I'm saying. As a lawyer, as a prosecutor, if I tell you, if you tell me, okay, uh, Jerem, you were robbed, yeah, tell me what happened. Okay, it was uh, nine o'clock in the morning. I walked in and I got my coffee. The co- I could smell coffee, right? and I had my jo- and I left my de- and I left my wallet. And my mother called me. But six months later, tell me what happened. It was nine o'clock in the morning. I smell coffee. My mother, you tell the same story. I've been hearing that Bob Lazar story now. I don't think he's going back re remembering his version. I believe him. If I was a juror, I would believe him based upon his his. Tenor, his demeanor, his, I think his veracity, the consistency of it. Did you see him on Joe Rogan's show? Because he, he pretty much told the same story. Joe Rogan, by the way, is the most, I think he's the most powerful person in media today. And if he ever harnesses his talent, they will stop him. The reason why he's on is because he's still all over the place. He doesn't know how powerful he is. He is, uh, what we're doing right now is so transformational. It is, it is beyond, it, we, we pose the biggest, believe me when I tell you this, I have been around the business for a long time, TV and radio and all that stuff. This is incredible, what Rogan's doing. There are people doing podcasts. There are people, you know, there's hope for humanity. Do you realize people are going to be watching us right now for the first time and they're going to be maybe on the can or in bed or forever. And there's one person who might say, wow, I never thought of that. That's what I want. I don't want to tell you anything. I want you to say, I never thought of that. Can I tell you something? Do you ever have these moments, Jeremy, where you say, I never thought of that. That's, mm. It's the epiphany moment where you say, aha. Somebody will say something. I heard something yesterday for the first time, Shelby Foote. He was a civil war. He did this, had this wonderful southern accent. He did, uh, Ken Burns did the civil war. I don't know if you saw this. It was a big here. The civil war. It was in all the papers. I won't tell you how it ended. But anyway, we're still arguing about the civil war. Nobody knows the first thing about it. But he said, I want to ask you a question. He said, black folks don't want to talk about slavery. They want to destroy history. Now, Jewish people... Never want you to ever forget about the Holocaust. They have museums. They have lectures. They have perfect. That's all they talk about. They never want you to forget about that. They don't. How come black folks want you to forget about? And I thought, I never thought about this before. That's a great question. I don't know. Why do you want me to forget? I don't want to bring up apartheid, but I don't think we should forget about that. The Pigbota and Mandela and all this. I don't. I hope we don't. I don't want to relitigate it. But but what we're doing right now, oh, somebody somewhere, and you know what I want to do? You're too old. I want some kid, eight, nine years old, to say, you know, I was listening to this guy one time, and I'll never forget, and he made this light turn on. I never forgot that. That's what I want to do. 
It's very scary. But you did not. You didn't answer my question. <laughs> and for good reason, because it's none of your business. What was your question? I have no idea. What, what was your question? Who are you? Where are you? How do I know you in South Africa? You claim to be from South Africa. Anybody can say that. Prove it. Try and do my accent. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> you know, the first time I ever jumped out of a plane, I, I, I skydove twice. Once was a tandem. And my fellow was a South African. And I'll never forget that. That boy, that man saved my life. I've got a picture of me flying and he was. So that's a wonderful sound to me. Anyway, what was your question that I. <laughs> no, no I, I, uh, we were chatting by. about we were chatting about Bob Lazar. And um, yeah. I saw after I watched that documentary on Netflix, it, it broke my mind. It broke my brain. And so I went and uh, watched his interview with Rogan about maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between in time between now and when he was at um, was it S four is about thirty mm-hmm. years, and he he's still retelling precisely the same story, which is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. That's what I said, yes, mm. because of the consistency of it; it never yeah. changes. Yeah, and I don't think he's going back. And uh, apparently, you missed my entire of. And and by the way, I I blame myself for that, Jerm. Not, not, not you, but anyway, but I said, that's exactly why. But, but aside right, from that, right, let yes. me ask you this. What about this? Let me ask you a question. And this, this is, this is how sick I am. Well, if he was telling the truth, wouldn't they kind of, I mean, they, they want this guy running around. Do they want this guy? They've, oh, re- no. they've, they've removed his entire history. I mean, they, his birth certificate is gone. There's no record of him working anywhere. Um, well, Stanton Friedman said he never worked. He never was at MIT or whatever it was. And I mm-hmm. said, and, and, and I interviewed Stanton a couple of times and I said, okay, maybe not. Uh, if I had, let's say I had your birth certificate and I destroyed it, does that mean you're not here because I can't find a birth certificate? I mean, I think sometimes I I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't think a lot of these matters are collaterally critical. Just listen to what he said. Mm-hmm. And the question is, but I'm saying, but if what he's saying is true, wouldn't they have had some accident? Wouldn't they have Epstein him years ago? Wouldn't they want him? I don't want this guy going on saying that. I don't want him to to have this. However, if I were. Uh, actually involved in this, I would say, oh, please, let him tell the story. Unencumbered. Go ahead. When 9-11 happened, this was in the old days. This was, I don't know how old you are, but this was 21 years ago. The internet then was in its frontier days. Yeah, it was brand new. You know what they said? Go ahead and talk about it. Mm. Go ahead. People said, well, there was a it was a controlled demolition. Go ahead. No, it was a plane. No, it was a hologram. No, it wasn't. It was a keep talking. And everybody comes forward. Now, out of 100 people, 50 may be out of their minds. 10 may be whatever. But 10 people will be absolutely correct. You figure out which one's the correct one. Good luck with that. See, people, the, the more people talk about something, the more confused it gets, the more um, it sounds crazy. So let Bob Lazar talk. 
and then go to Roswell, go to, um, I guess, where they have the, the alien and these, these different, uh, you know, these people. Have you ever been to a UFO, a MUFON convention? Oh, please go. Oh, you will take your very, you will say, well, I think I'm going to go and we're going to talk to some like-minded people who want to investigate. And then you'll see somebody with a hat and a big button. And, and, and a lot of these people are not nuts, but it's a party and it kind of makes you wonder, maybe this isn't for me. There was a show years ago called SCTV, Second City TV, best TV show ever. There was a fellow who was running for mayor, one of the characters, and he was supposedly a, a, a real tough, you know, a criminal type. And they said something like, Vic Hedges for mayor. Sure, he's crazy. But what if he's right? Well, that's these people. They may be crazy. Doesn't mean they're not right. I've been to 9-11 groups. Oh, my God. You ever talk about the truthers? Oh, dear God. Oh, my God. You... Have you ever been to a gun convention or worse, a knife convention? These people are out of their mind. So there's a lot of people like Bob Lazar who he's had it. He's kind of tired of this. They want to talk to him. They think he's a prophet or something. I have no reason to disbelieve him. Mm. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. As they say here in the South, well, how come these folks never get out of their aircraft and talk to us? Why don't they land on the front lawn of the White House, talk to the president? How come it's always some guy in a trailer in the middle of nowhere? They always want to anally probe people. What the hell's the matter with... <laughs> Sounds good, sort of, doesn't it? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Have you ever driven down the road and you and your girlfriend say, honey, pull over? Yeah, there's an anthill. I want to get out and explain nuclear fission to them. Now, you see, when you take it, you say, what are you doing? I'm explaining nuclear fission to an ant. Yes. Now, do you know why people don't want to get out of their plane and talk to who? Obama. Who's that? Or or Trump or Biden, especially Biden. Biden may understand him. I don't know. Why do people think they want to talk to us? Let me ask you this. Do you believe in abductions? As in normal human abductions. No, no, I mean alien abductions. I mean, pick you up, put you on the craft. I'm not sure. And anally probe you. They have a big thing with that one. Well, you ever hear a fellow named John Mack? He's a psychiatrist. He was at mm. Harvard Medical School. He put people under hypnosis. Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, remember Betty and Barney Hill in 1960? I don't know. Uh, African-American and a... Uh, it was a mixed race family, not at a time when it was too, too accepted. They claimed to be abducted. She was put under hypnosis. She described a star system. Somebody created what she said using figures. They said, wait a minute, this describes Zeta Reticulate? I don't know. I, I, and, and, and they are supposedly, in many people's respects, the gold standard of abduction. Now, do I, let me ask you this, what do you mean believe? Could it happen? Sure. Do I think these people are sincere? Some of them, yes. Could it have happened? Absolutely. 
Remember, if I say religion, if I said somebody saw Jesus, somebody went to Lourdes, somebody was cured, you'd say, oh, okay. Why is that? Why, why does religion get a pass? But an alien abduction is like, oh, that, that's, that's crazy. That's nuts. Your cancer was cured by an angel. Okay, I buy that. But what do we do with animals? What's the first thing we do when we see an animal we like? We catch it. <laughs> we mess with it. And we put a harness on it. Or we eat it. Or we skin it. Or we put it in a zoo. And we, we just, there's this natural sense. So if you were flying around and you had incredible intelligence, wouldn't you want to see what humans are kind of like? Wouldn't you? Is it that far-fetched? I, I must admit, I used to think it was quite far-fetched, but again, I recommend everybody watch that Bob Lazar um, documentary because it really, it really derailed a lot of my own thinking. Um, well, what did he say? He said he talked about remember the sport model. Mm. He talked about looking at them. He talked mm. about the shape of the saucer. No, no, Look that up. wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't the. The, the 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 massive part was the fact that these things were creating their own gravity. Well, that's right. Well, that's mm. the that's the Omicron. But see, that's what he said. Mm. Okay. Now, great. Other people have said that too. Why was it? What did he say that other people didn't? He kind of described it better. He he talked about this. What is that element that we can't? Our periodic table stops. This this is this is element four hundred or something that doesn't exist on our real world. Or and it, it, it the 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 idea of the of this electro this gravitic non propulsion. That's what always blew me away. And he kind of described it. Other people have talked about it. There's a lot of folks who, to who talk about that. But he didn't, he just told you this. He just said, I saw this. He and his friends went out. He goes, right about now. Remember, they would see this thing rise and, you know, take off and somebody could start it. Well, listen to Stanton Friedman. Now, Stanton Friedman is a little bit more, he's more repetitive. When you hear one of his, like, he's passed away since. But he's like the godfather of this. And he talks about a lot of this. The thing about it is what do you need to believe something? There are people on death row in prisons based upon the word of somebody who thinks they saw something. What do you need to believe something? And when do you, when has it risen to that level where you say, I believe in it? Again, I'm not trying to in any way impugn religion, but I know people who say, I believe in God. I said, well, have you seen the evidence of it? Well, life is evidence. Okay, all right. But how do you know? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quarrel with that. What do you need to believe in extraterrestrial, extrastellar um, life of whatever? And don't give me that Drake equation nonsense. Well, to me, it's a little unnatural to believe that out of all the planets, we're the only. That's not. That's not good enough. I suppose the answer <laughs> is. I suppose the answer is you need some sort of Damascus moment. How many pilots? Okay, look, here's, imagine this. There's this plane that's flying this way. And they look out and there's, a, there's an orb. They call them foof. You've heard of foo fighters, right? 
Foo Fighters were seen in World War II. And not the band, the band took the name, but this orb that would actually, remember, you've got a plane going this way, and the orb will go up and down and stop and moving. And the Americans thought it was the Germans. And the Germans thought it was the Americans. And they called them Foo Fighters. They just, they had heard stories about, what do you need to know? How about, I'll tell you who's, um, what is his name? Stephen Greer. Project whatever. Now, Stephen Greer sometimes goes a little bit, too far from my taste. But what about how many NASA, Edgar Mitchell, uh, 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 astronauts, how, how many people do you need to tell you? How about there's a fellow who was a radar, he's got the radar tapes of, a, of an object here and here that's going faster than a missile, here and here, flying and then disappearing. What do people need? What about that famous Japanese cargo pilot who saw something, reported it, was basically drummed out of the court. This fellow substantiated what he saw. I've got a friend of mine who was a pilot, still is, commercial pilot. And an older fellow who was showing him the ropes said, there's one button in here that'll get you fired. They're in the cockpit. And he's looking around, and he says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, one button. So finally, after exhausting, he says, okay, tell me, what's the button? And he pulls the mic, and he says, this button. You don't see anything. You don't say anything. You, If you are a pilot, and you dare go back and say, you're not going to believe what I saw, you think they're going to let you fly? You think some insurance carrier is going to let a pilot fly who saw what amounts to a flying saucer? Get out of here. You know how many of them? They are countless repositories. If you say that today, you're crazy. They think you're a nut. You have no idea the evidence. Nobody, and let me I'll tell you what also people do in this world of ours. They don't investigate anything. The internet, as bad as it is, I've got more. You could spend the rest of your life. There's more testimony. Rendlesham Forest, Colonel, whatever his name was, it was a Christmas party, 1980. They've got the men there. He had his, he had a recording. He had a, he was recording this. He was the, the this was a, um, this was a nuclear facility in the UK, joint NATO, whatever. This man's in charge of nuclear weapons. You think he's crazy? It was a Christmas party. They said, Colonel, you got to come out here. And he takes a, uh, a tape recorder with him. And you hear him say, there it is. And they describe this. He came back the next day, did a Geiger counter, did some type of radioactive scan, saw evidence of it. You've got men who were there, armed security. They saw it, this thing that flies and then takes off at a nuclear Air base? You don't think somebody would be interested in that? You think this person, Bob Lazar? What about him? He's looking at this thing. It's it's hovering. I, I mean, you can go on and mm. on, but people don't. The biggest problem they have is people do not want to go there. 
They want to no. form an opinion by not lifting a finger, by not thinking. And frankly, a lot of people just don't have the imagination. They have no, they have no, it's not of any interest. That to me is fascinating. Don't read into it. Mm. <laughs> don't, don't ever ask like, why are we here? I don't know why we're here. Do you think there's a purpose? Do you think fate? Where'd you get that from? We romanticize everything. We, you know, we're the only people, we're the only people who cry at funerals, but we don't cry when babies are born. Where is that? Somebody said one time, look at a picture of you before you were born. That is the wildest thing. You didn't exist. And the world didn't care, didn't know you weren't here. And all of a sudden, out of a congealed mass of body fluids and humors, viscous ooze, you pop out of nowhere. Eh, people are so happy about that. Do you think that was fate? Were you meant to be? I'll say, stop this. We get real romantic. I don't know how it is. We're, we're to me, we're just as significant as a, as a, a, a wombat or a lemur or a, but we're just another form of life. We give ourselves a little bit more uh, uh, credit. Do you think we're the most uh, uh, superior form of life on this planet? Do you think we are? Do you? Um, it depends on what your variables are. Yes, um, to some degree. Superior in the sense that we're able to, like, you know, build <laughs> stuff and fly and and <laughs> and communicate across, you know, across continents. I don't think dolphins can do that. So. Now, if you ask a dolphin, it's like, I have no interest in that. <laughs> I can swim farther than you. I am. I have been around forever. Um, um, microbial, um, you know, plankton or mm. why do we this hubristic thing mm. where we can make a plane? So what? Well, we well, also why? we also the apex predators. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that's like saying, for example, remember the old days. There was there was a sign from the um, in the '60s. There was a poster uh, that you would go into these head shops and they had these posters. And one of them was the parts of the body were trying to decide. You probably have heard this. Who was the most important? And the brain said, "I'm the most important because without me, you couldn't think." And the eyes said, "I'm the most important because you couldn't see." And the heart, ah, because I pump. And the legs said, "Because I." Without me, you couldn't perambulate and locomote. And the asshole said, I'm the most important. He goes, what? And they laugh. And he got all upset. And he was very upset and embarrassed. So he shut up. And he closed down. Pretty soon, the head got foggy. Eyes couldn't see. Heart stopped pounding. They wobbled. And the moral of the story is, you don't need to be a brain to be the best. Just an asshole. <laughs> One of the things that I wish humans would do is quit taking yourself so seriously. Mm. You are nothing yeah george carlin said that too jo uh you are nothing uh these you know the old expression that the uh, cemeteries are filled with indispensable men you are nothing you are insignificant we are still the only we're the top of the food chain we're predators we kill we what we do to children uh, it is what we do to children the level of predation right now my my wife has devoted her uh, life to protecting children and on and online predation online it's 
as a prosecutor, I've seen stuff that makes me, we are not good. Man is not inherently good. You're not good. Your idea of good is you didn't do anything bad. Are you really a good person? Not really. Do you go out and really help people? No, you would if you could. Are you that terrific? I'm not. I just don't hurt people. I'm not that great. Oh, we love this. Talk about how great we are. We're nothing. We are a dog is superior in many respects to any human ever, ever. We are far too, and I'm not a dog animal, or a dog a, a, a fan, but don't, don't read too much into it. Why is the most stupid question anybody's ever come up with? Why? I don't know why. Why? Well, why does he want to do that? Well, why do you think he's doing that? Well, why do they, well, why do they allow, why do they elect Biden? Why don't they see that? Why don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that. But all that is boring. <laughs> the most fascinating stuff in the world is what I can do with your brain, mm. with your imagination. Let me ask you a question. You ever been dizzy before? You ever get dizzy You're on a ride or some kind of a Plenty. little carnival? Okay. You throw up. Maybe mm. you, you, okay. Why'd you throw up? Why didn't you sneeze or cough or defecate or urinate? Why'd you throw up? I, I learned this. I heard this one time. I was in a, was a psych major in college. First question was perception and awareness. I said, well, that's, well, mm. because of the air, the inner ear, because of the cilia and everything and its movement. And it was, no, 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 no. I know that. But why throw up? Why don't you urinate? And I said, I don't know. And the theory is that when you get inconsistent stimuli, your feet are on the ground, your eyes are saying, I'm here, but your brain is saying, no, you're moving. Your body said, ah, you've ingested a neurotoxin. Get rid of it. Whenever man sees inconsistent stimuli, it freaks out. Why do so many people have anxiety today? Let's talk about really interesting things, schizophrenia, mental illness. You don't know what normal is until you know what abnormal is. That's the most fascinating of the world. Why do we do things? You ever seen the moon illusion? You ever see a moon at the horizon? It looks huge. It's the same radius as it is at the zenith. Why does it look so big? It's an illusion, not a hallucination. What you think you see, you don't see. Like right now, I'm looking at you. I don't know what I think. I'm, I, I, I'm, if I can change that, perceive, that's the most fascinating thing to me. This idea of of what we see. One thing Rogan does, which I really like, but he's got to be careful. He talks about hallucinogenics and drugs. Got to be very careful with that. But let me ask you a question. What if I could go back and I could just remove some pretty nasty stuff from your mind? You've got somebody who comes back from the war, PTSD. I'll fix it. I'll get rid of the memory. Any problem with that? Sure, that's an interesting question. I'll get rid of your memory. You'll never have that again. Rape victim, trauma, woman can't, she hasn't slept in a night without night terrors in 20 years. I'll fix that. Gone. No more memory. Another, another um, uh, mother traumatized over the death of a child. I'll fix that. No memory. Your child never existed. Feel better? Then you got yourself, wait, 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 wait. Why is memory necessarily good? I don't know. Here's a better one for you. Transcranial electromagnetic stimulation. Years ago, there was a, I 
found this fascinating. They were, they were doing studying studies on obsessive compulsive behavior. And the they put this device, you might have seen it, it's like a like a like a bathing cap with little magnets and and they're trying to zero in on what why does somebody have this OCD? What what is causing this? Anyway, make a long story short, they're little 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 magnetic uh, maybe the occipital lobe or the transcranial but the occipital the sulcus and and all of a sudden somebody said I'm in love you're in love yes I whatever I'm in love and he said you're in love what are you talking about then he said wait a minute what is love it's an obsessive compulsive disease when you first fall in love you go crazy you all you think about then you kind of it, it it changes I think it gets better in many respects wait a minute, I've just tapped into love. What if I can, kind of give you a little, little supercharge. What if a couple who is on the verge of divorce says, listen, we don't want to do drugs. We want you to give us a tune-up. We want you to artificially increase something which should have died off before. See any ethical problems with that? I'll fix this. Faith. What is faith? Parietal lobe. Parietal. Presence. The God part. I feel something. They monk, transcendental. They were looking at the brain doing uh, 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 scans and, oh, it was fascinating. What if I can increase? What if you lost faith? And I can artificially jumpstart your love, maybe political party, maybe your job, maybe your country. Maybe I can say, I don't think you're a good South African, Jerry. Come on in, sit down. We're not going to hurt you. Let's put this on you. Mm-hmm. And you'll be standing up doing the whatever the national anthem is. Think about how I can affect what's happening with your brain. Let me ask you another one. I'm throwing a lot of questions out for you, but I want you to think about this. Have you ever thought about something and looked at your phone and there's an ad for the thing you were thinking? Happens to me all the time. I'll be thinking. About, I won't say it because if you say it, I understand there's a microphone. But you might be thinking about something. Burial plots or tapioca pudding, or I don't know what. And then all of a sudden, you go online and in your Google ad, there's a, there's all these ads for something you were thinking. It's happened to me more, and it's not just me. What's that about? That's the thing I want to talk about. I want to know about mental illness. Have you used the term psychopath before? Hillary Clinton's a psychopath. You know what that means? Does it mean a killer? No. Does it mean somebody does bad things? No. It's a person who can't appreciate consequence. The orbital cortex, this part of your brain, the head and heart aren't connected. Think about that one. You may be afraid of cheating on your girlfriend. You might be afraid of stealing something, breaking the law because of the consequence. The head part says, okay, I'm going to steal. But the hard part says, wait a minute, no, no, don't, don't. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to get caught. What if I disconnect the two? The heart part never kicks in. It's all thought. You'd be the perfect soldier. Be a terrible, you'd be a terrible chess player because you have no ability to appreciate consequence. Think about that. Battalions of people. Come on in. Sit down. I disconnect them. Now, go fight. Transhumanism. You don't think that's being, pardon me? Transhumanism. 
Transhumanism is also, that's an interesting part. That's where you're replacing sometimes body parts and things with things that are kind of sort of better. We had a commercial years ago in the 70s in this year for chiffon margarine. And it was uh, Mother Nature. They gave her something. He says, oh, this is butter. And he goes, no, it's not. It's chiffon. <laughs> and she says, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. And then zaps them with. To transcend, let me tell you a great thing about psychopaths. This is the best. They took psychopaths and they put a little little device on the finger. And they said, at the count of 10, we're going to give you an electric shock. Turns out they didn't, but the person didn't know that. And they did a, 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 a like, an, like a scan, not a scan, but a uh, imaging to see which parts of the brain were firing. Okay. And a regular person, they counted to 10, they went crazy. 10, nine. Psychopath, nothing, nothing. It just never, it, the head and heart weren't connected. There was no anticipation, no nothing. Listen to this one. You ever uh, watch TV or something, or you're, or you're engrossed in something and all of a sudden, let's say something falls off the wall, a clock or something. You don't even notice it because you're watching this. You're so engrossed in this. You're so fascinated. Whereas if you're nervous and you're reading something and you're getting very agitated, same situation, clock falls, you jump out of your seat. They took psychopaths and normal people and they showed them pictures of the most horrible death scenes you could imagine. Shotgun to the face. I mean, just horrible. And people were just, oh my God, make this stop. And all of a sudden, ah, they hit some horn or something and the person jumped out of their seat. Psychopath, nothing. Because he was just looking at it. This is interesting. The head and heart, there was no reaction. Wasn't a bad person, didn't want to hurt anybody. This part's disconnected. That fascinates me. You're like that to an extent. Because then you're a sociopath. I can condition it. Psychopath, you're born that way. By the <laughs> way, do you know this This drives, this is me at my normal. This is me, this is just fun. You say something, it's like a, it's like a fractal, like Mandelbrot, mm. a fractal. Just go over here. Mm. That's fun. Yeah, it's terrific. Program radio people hate that. Program directors hate that. But that's the beauty of podcasts. Have you ever seen bad podcasts? You ever see a bad one? I love to watch bad ones. They started with, hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> hi. Today, my my guest is Germ. Okay, if you like this, please uh, push the like button. And, and hit, if, and hit uh, the notification bell. Yeah. It's like, I haven't even, you know, I don't know what the hell you're talking about yet. Okay, guys. Hi, guys. Real quick one. You know what my favorite horrible things to watch? Any food blog. They all want to be Mark Weens. Hi, today we're in Cape Town, and I'm excited. We're gonna try yak. You know, it's like, why are you? Why this unctuous, syrupy? And then the food ranger. This is great. I'm excited. It's a panini. And then you have the couples. These obnoxious people who I don't. I. Where did this come from? This 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 whole industry of food blogs and 
they're all excited to eat a donut. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, that's my own personal favorite. <laughs> I had to share that with you. Um, all right, Lionel, where can people uh, follow your work? Just think. I'll, I'll invade your dreams. Well, the best thing is my <laughs> website. I'm going to make sure you have this. Is lionelmedia.com. I have a subscription service that is completely not touchable by the usual folks on social media. I think you know what I'm talking about. And on YouTube, Lionel Nation. Mm. So anyway, lionelmedia.com, Lionel Nation on YouTube, and Twitter, which I still use, at Lionel Media. Lionel, thank you so much for joining me in the trenches. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.